You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Blue Kool-Aid drinkers, Big Z here. Week 8 of the NFL season is wrapped up. Brutal, brutal loss for the Lions, especially when they made it close there in the third quarter. We'll be talking about that, the Lions injuries, um, what we uh, might think happen on Tuesday with the trade deadline. So a lot to discuss here. So sit back, relax, grab your Kool-Aid. It's time for the pot. This is Drinking the Blue Kool-Aid, a Detroit Lions podcast hosted by lifelong Lions fans. UJ... It seems apparent to me that the most intellectual football fans tend to be Lions fans. Bob. Stafford is the best quarterback in football. Remember what you saw here. Tell your grandkids, don't forget. Red Dog. I believe we're on the precipice of a new era of Detroit Lions football dominance. Connor. Patricia looks like Violet Beauregard from Willy Wonka out there. An absolute blueberry on the sideline. And I'm your host, Big Z. The media knows nothing. The Detroit Lions 2021 Super Bowl jams. We can't wait for this upcoming season. Relax. It's time for the pod. Blue Kool-Aid drinkers, we are back. This is, of course, Drinking the Blue Kool-Aid Detroit Lions podcast. And we are going to be recapping week eight uh, for the Lions. uh, But not a lot of good news to report after a 41-21 loss. We'll get all into that momentarily, but before we do, I'm Big Z, and we'll go around the horn here with the rest of the Blue Kool-Aid crew. So we got UJ. Hey, everybody. <laughs> then we got Bob. Hello there. Then Connor. Hey, hey. And then last but not least, Rudd Dog. Yo. All right, gentlemen. So 41-21. So the Lions um, with 303... Uh, or midway through the third quarter, they're down 20-14 to 14 on the Indianapolis 25-yard line. They have a third and nine. Pretty manageable. Stafford gets strip sack, and there's a fumble, and then the Colts take it down the field, and then next possession, <laughs> Stafford throws a pick six, and the game is pretty much over at that point. Um, <sighs> and that was after an ugly second quarter. There's a lot to go down here, but first... Bob, I want to I want to point out you specifically because in our text thread you pointed out how the Lions went like the longest in the NFL without a fumble, and <laughs> yeah, you knew it was gonna hurt us. You, I, yeah, you jinxed I, us. Do you, do you believe in the jinx? Do you, do you... you said it was gonna be a curse, and uh, it was a curse text because uh, 
you're, so are you letting Patricia off the hook on this one? Because it's, <laughs> it's my fault for texting in the group chat about no fumbles. No, oh, you're the primary fault. Yeah. Yeah, you're, like, you're like one of those baseball announcers that mentions a perfect game in progress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this game, though, sucked on so many levels. Like, oh, yeah, it was sure. a winnable game. I know it looked like, I mean, they got smoked ultimately, but I didn't think the, I mean, the yeah. Colts are good. They do have a good defense. It was a tough game, but they, it was winnable. It sucked. Yeah. I put a lot of blame on uh, Bevel, actually, on this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the play calling was horrible. Seven of the first uh, 10 first down situations we had in the game were yeah. run plays right up the middle that went nowhere. So we put ourselves in a hole constantly and, yeah. and never yeah. got out of it. it what was, was Swift horrible. averaging like 0. 0.2 yards a carry this game or something? Yeah. So yeah. the Lions rushing in this game, they had only 13 attempts for 29 yards, 11 of which was a Jamal Agnew, like, reverse jump sweep thing where did bevel become this stubborn guy remember last year when staff was there it, we were just in awe of how the imagination of the offense and how they were doing awesome things and now there's just they went so typical again what happened uh, yeah I I, i've been down on bevel this year for weeks now but and i think this just adds to it because i mean he's always he's great in the first quarter he, we score like quickly and we lead the game and then we always falter mid mid the yeah. game he's not adapting the uh, defenses are adapting to us and then we just yeah. keep the only time it seems why we, is that the, why the is t- that happening the only time it seems we it's have success is when you take the shackles off stafford and let him just sling the ball downfield i, I wouldn't mind seeing exactly. more hurry up offense i feel like yeah they, i was saying yeah. that too. they've been doing pretty well like yeah prater missed that field goal at the end of the first half but they looked good for yeah. a little bit there yeah but prater it feels like he's missed one a game every every week this year. It feels yeah, he's like struggling it, yeah. right now. I need to pull. That up was a stats. bad miss. Yeah, I don't know if you guys were watching any of the other games this weekend, but like there was really bad wind at a few stadiums, and it was like blowing these kicks way off course. As I wish Perry had that to lean on because his ball looked like it got blown off course by the wind. That thing was ugly. Was the snap like good on yeah. that? I didn't rewatch it. I just. I don't know. Yeah, it was fine. He well, just botched it terribly. And yes, David, now there's only two Connor, games brought, this year. Brought where, that up. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say there's only two games this year where Prater uh, didn't miss a field goal, and one of those he didn't even attempt one. So he, he's had a really rough year. Yeah. yeah, but you know, I don't know if anybody's noticed, but Mulebeck's having a rough year. Yeah, his snaps yeah. are getting shaky. Yeah, Jack Fox salvaged that one to make an amazing punt but yeah and then the next one <laughs> he dropped at his feet too it was yeah two bad snaps yeah um, well it's I mean, always yeah, been I mean, as muleback goes so go the lions it's always been that it's way. true <laughs> <laughs> i wish that was the case because he's been awesome yeah we, we could have been a <laughs> dynasty the last time <laughs> <laughs> but sorry got off course there z but i had to mention it oh no, no that's all right um, so, I mean, let's focus, let's stay on the offensive side of the ball right now. Cause I felt like that was, I mean, the defense didn't play great in this game by any means, but I felt like the offense was the bigger issue in this game. Agreed. To, Cause I think yeah. in that second quarter, the defense was getting a little winded from the offense, giving the ball right back to Indianapolis really fast. Oh yeah. And yeah, I mean, the only absolutely. saving grace of the Lions in that first half was a, the first block punt in Detroit since 2006 against the Kansas city chiefs. Uh, Miles yeah. Miles Kilbrew uh, had a pretty good game from a special teams perspective. Absolutely, at least. Yeah. I think he made yeah. two straight t- tackles on a kickoff, and then that block punt was huge. Um, but hey, Z, one one thing I liked in the offense, which I think it was just because they were forced into it, because Galladay was out. 
that were using Marvin Hall more. I mean, like yeah. he had that he had that big play, but they also targeted him like I think six times or, or close to it. Yeah, seven and, uh, targets, four catches for 113 yards. Usually he's got like 70 two targets, bomb. one big yeah. big catch. You know, like right. I yeah. like that the fact they're using him more. Yeah, agreed. One plus in a very dark game. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone who's actually capable of getting separation. And TJ Hawkinson was targeted 10 times in this game, seven catches for 65 yards. Uh, he had a decent game. And one of those, yeah. at Stafford overthrew him. by Wide like, open. Wide open him. Stafford on a third down conversion. Stafford overthrew him when he's right in front of him. Um, there's always one of those throws, it seems, every game for Stafford this year. But um, Yeah. I mean, Stafford's not playing his sharpest right now, but he's playing good enough football where if like certain, a few other things were going right, where he'd be, he'd be doing just fine. Yeah. Except for that pick, the pick six was bad. That was really bad. Yeah, the yeah, pick, the pick six, six was horrible. Bad. Bad. It was it was that garbage was really pay, but I mean, it, it, that but that can't be the deciding factor in the whole game. That reminded me, uh, what was it, a few years ago against the Titans, where he threw a similar pick six, like in an out route to the outside numbers. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, early in the game, he sailed a few. Like he just wasn't. I don't know. It was just off. It was very strange. Mm-hmm. He's not playing well, but like still- Bevel's putting him in no position to like be his best either. Mm-hmm. Like really the run stale game play was garbage, and... and like we mentioned earlier, the run game. Like when DeAndre Swift's averaging 0.2 yards a game, like you figure Stafford's going to be throwing it quite a bit. Hey, at least yeah. DeAndre Swift got more carries than Peterson, six to five. Yeah, <laughs> hey. yeah. that's not saying much at all. I know. Um, Andrew yeah, Peterson, Peterson actually. I send you guys the chart of uh, he he is like the second lowest EPA, which is expected points uh, added. He's actually. Uh, negative <laughs> he's Jeez. actually given points back to the team based on how bad his performance has been this year for any running back uh, with 50 or more carries in the nfl that's definitely on. The i think coaching. frank gore is the only one behind him and that's because he plays for the jets and he's also like 40 i think patricia <laughs> has like a fetish for old running backs or something because he de- seems always seems to determine to like let them get yeah. way too many carries we watched we suffered through blunt his first year. Last year, we were saved by the grace of God when he, they cut C.J. Anderson early in the season. But, like, he seems determined yeah. to let the old guys get their touches. And it's like, why? <laughs> I don't know why. It's, it's inexplicable, though. But the, the, the running backs, they have not been playing well. But the O-line is just as much to blame, too. There's not. Oh, God. Line. There, there are no holes. This, I mean, the, the, the Colts are in our backfield most of the day. Yes. So, in this I game, mean, I put it almost entirely on the O-line. The running backs had no chance. I, I didn't, like The one time they actually made a hole, Peterson had a nice six-yard run that set up a play action for the first touchdown. So but I even mean, on that six-yard run, I felt like Swifts could have broke free through that hole a little no, better. Sure, yeah. I still yeah, think Swifts agree. should be. <laughs> I'm just yeah. saying, yeah, I think that this running performance – was primarily on the offensive line because there was never room. Yeah, the, the O line was was just terrible this game. Stafford was under pressure like the whole game. He had to scramble around. I mean, his big plays yeah are, are plays he kept alive with his feet, and uh, right. you know he was able to duck the pressure a few times, but not all the time because he got what did he get sacked five times. He got knocked around. Yeah, five times. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, I would say they're they're they were definitely not doing great on pass block, but they did give him enough time on enough plays where to do some stuff and 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 he did make a lot most of it most of the time. But then there was a few where like that misfire to Hawk and stuff. But at, at least I felt like the pass pro was way better than the run pro, and it still wasn't that great. <laughs> well, as a former lineman, you are being generous there. Young, I mean, young, uh, I'm not saying I just said it wasn't great. It was, but they did give him time on a lot of plays. 
Yeah, that right side of that line is just dreadful. But Jonah Jackson had a rough day, I thought. Uh, yeah, he was the worst graded offensive lineman on our team. Yeah, he did not look good, look good. Actually, Big uh, V was our best graded in past. Really? Game. I don't I believe that. that. I mean, you may say that's true. But I don't even I do not feel like he that. had a great game. Just telling you what it says. <laughs> oh my god! I, I actually put a lot of that on the uh, the, the coaching too, because with, later down the stretch, I mean, they were able to just rush without with a band and. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. Because Decker was Decker was. Because we were desperate. Second. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I, Decker actually, I thought played pretty good in this game. But. Yeah, he he did. He's one of our best lines. Well, between him and Ragnow, they're two keepers. The other, I think Jonah Jackson's a keeper. The other, the other side is rough right now. And I still think Big general, V is like working through like a foot injury. They're they kind of put him in out there. He, he he's like limping around out there. <laughs> um, it's I, I don't know why. If, if if that's the case, don't put him on the field. Just put, throw Tyrell Crosby back out there. Exactly. And I know they're I know they're paying him, so they, that's why they're pressured to put him out there. But that's a terrible reason to have a guy out. Yeah. The um, and on on the offensive side of the ball as well in this game, um, Kenny Galladay leaves midway through the second quarter. He drops a pass in the at the beginning of the game, and then yep. Stafford rocketed one five yards away from him uh, through through Kenny Galladay's hands, and then. Uh, after that, he got hurt. But it, Kenny Galladay looks like he's going to be out at least. Definitely against the Minnesota Vikings. Um, possibly two or three more weeks. Um, do, do you think this affects his uh, contract negotiations? And also, I was curious what you guys thought of that report that said he was a little late to the building on Saturday uh, for prep um, for the game. Uh, there's like well, mixed reports about I it. He was know. there. He wasn't there. I don't know. I don't really pay too much. Patricia's pretty adamant that there's no nothing to be seen there. So you just got to take yeah. another word, I think. But I don't think the Lions are going to extend him. <laughs> at least they're going to either franchise him or uh, he becomes a free agent at this point. If they let him walk as a free agent, that is so inexcusable what? to me. It seems more likely he'd be franchised. I agree with that. Guy. That would be absurd. At the the worst case scenario should be a franchise tag here, but they should if, yes. if they don't or trade them now. Mm. How far apart they must be really far far apart. To They'd have get to get a great now. return for me to be happy with a Galladay trade. I'm just saying, better than let them go on free agency. Yeah, yeah. Well, someone that will be gone in free agency almost certainly is Marvin Jones. Uh, so before we get to the defensive yeah. performance in this game and uh, a significant injury. Um, Marvin Jones at least <laughs> upped his uh, trade value this week with two touchdowns. Only 39 yards, but two touchdowns. Uh, so f- just yeah. get an opinion from you guys. Does Marvin Jones get traded? <laughs> and, uh, um, and if not, do you see him becoming I, a top receiver? Because we've already be- seen this with Kenny Galladay out. He was almost non-existent. Before this game, I would have yeah. said – no way we need to hold on to him you know we gotta make a playoff push but after the way this game looked i wouldn't be surprised if they turn into sellers and try to get some future value for him i'm not sure bob quinn can afford it to be honest i agree with you he can't afford to be sellers right now they gotta win and 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 i don't i think they need to win these next two games or i'm of this school that they need to let him go mid-season and have an interim coach till they figure this stuff out i don't think bob quinn can afford it but i could see the ownership telling him he doesn't have a choice you got to build the future of this roster i don't think that's how the fords operate though they're not going to be all handsy like that i don't know i don't either yeah i mean assuming they're not getting fired next week or whatever 
I think we hang on to Marvin Jones because as oh, yeah. bad as this this loss felt, um, we do have a soft schedule coming up at the middle of the schedule where we could pick right. up some wins. If we can get over five hundred, if we can win nine and seven, you probably make the playoffs this year. And that's True. I don't think that's that was all, the yeah, mandate. Out of reach. That was their mandate. I mean, this nine and seven's not great, but I think it would be an improvement if we could make the playoffs. Yeah, get a shot oh, yeah. game, so. And just a reminder well, that soft skill, so we're at Minnesota, who actually who just went on the road to Green Bay and kicked their ass pretty much. Uh, it was a six-point game, but they, they were all over them. Um, the Lions are actually underdogs this week going into Minnesota, well, um, at least per, per betting lines. I mean, you saw what Dalvin Cook did this week? I mean, yeah. it's going to be a quite a task for our defense. Um, then the Lions are at home against the Redskins. Again, the Lions, this is the seventh loss at home in a row. Uh, it's bad. It is bad. But then yeah, they're at Carolina. Hard. Then they are home against the Texans. And then at Chicago versus Green Bay, Titans, Buccaneers, Vikings. But uh, the next the next five are very yeah. winnable games. Um, there was also a report today that Mohamed Sanu is trying out uh, for the Lions. <laughs> I, I didn't realize he wasn't on a team. This is a guy that the Patriots traded a second-round draft pick for last year and then uh, performed very poorly. <laughs> um, but with the Kenny Galladay injury news, this is, might be a, like a big receiver that the Lions want to bring in. Yeah, if he can maybe get some chemistry with Stafford, worth to a it. shot. Yeah. I mean, so be, before we move on to the defensive side, what uh, what would you be willing to take for Marvin Jones? I would say a th- if they offered a third, if some team offered a third round draft pick, would you take it? A third round pick, yeah, yeah. it'd be hard to ignore. I think yeah, that's fair. I don't think they'll get that, but I, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think either, so though. either. Uh, f- uh, what about a fourth round? That's that's one of those trades that I look at and I'm like, eh, I mean, okay, I'm like, yeah. If yeah. they decided to trade him, that would probably be fair value, but I don't want them to trade him. For I'd that, be disappointed because yeah. that's them phoning it mean, in again. Then that's. Yeah, throwing the flag in. Right, again. exactly. Throwing the towel in. That's I don't want to. Like their Tate last year, I, that that was throwing the towel in when they got rid of Tate. And yeah, we'll get that. We'll have that same feeling. All and that's overthink it. If that yeah. trade happens, that makes me think that Quinn has a longer leash than I think we all think he does, too. Yeah. 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 Uh, we need to have a whole episode <laughs> about Quinn. We should. We should do like a yeah. tell-all episode. I th- I think we need to get deeper into this Quinn and Patricia thing. There's a, a lot. lot of criticism to be had there. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so let's move on to the defensive side of the ball here. Okay. Um. The the big news out of this one is that Trey Flowers is on the IR. That's a brutal, uh, brutal loss, brutal. especially with the Lions' pass rush. Um. And Trey Flowers usually oh, a run top stop. run stopper. Um. Top and one of our top pass rushers, and losing him is just. Absolutely brutal. Yeah. What is that you're drinking there, UJ? What Kool-Aid? I want to do a little shout-out. Uh, my blue Kool-Aid choice today is from a uh, little town of Three Oaks, Michigan. Ah. It's from the Journeyman Distillery. <laughs> okay. A really nice little place to visit. I hope you all get a chance to go there. Uh, they have a wonderful shop in there, a restaurant <laughs> and stuff like that. And they sell all kinds of blends of whiskey. This particular one is a – it's called Feather uh, – Feather – I don't have my glasses on. It's a bourbon whiskey. <laughs> okay. So I'm, I'm right now I can, this is not public television, so I can do this. I think, but so I'm pouring some in here and I'm going to drink it. It's so, Oh, so is that crazy. where you've been so all these smooth. episodes where you were gone? Was, was this the Kool-Aid? You were <laughs> well, uh, I was on a, I was on a binger. <laughs> the last two weeks. 
I just want anyway, to remind our listeners, we are not sponsored. This is just simply a love. No, no, this is just, I just happened to be there recently, <laughs> and uh, I just wanted to throw a little shout out I to mean, a local Michigan establishment, okay? If they want to sponsor us, <laughs> we're open. <laughs> yeah, or send us a case of that bourbon. Yeah, that'd be great. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not opposed to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. But... Who who's gonna the Lions? Who's gonna step up in Trey Flowers' absence here? Maybe Everson uh, Griffin right Everson away. Griffin, yeah, that's <laughs> He'll have to. He's gonna have to. Yeah, he, he doesn't have a choice. I mean, at least he. I mean, he might even be able to be a better pass rusher than Trey Flowers has been for us. I mean, Trey Flowers has never been an elite pass rusher. He's a solid all-around player who is really good in the run game and contributes as a pass rush, like with above-average pass rush. So, I mean. If we can get right. plus pass rush from Everson Griffin, maybe that won't hurt so much, especially with hand playing real, a lot better in the run game now. And we got a lot of big guys who can maybe pick up the slack there. So, I mean, it might not have to hurt no. that bad if Everson Griffin can uh, provide a good yes. pass rush. Yeah, It's really strange to say right now that our defensive line is actually probably our best unit at the moment. It looks solid. <laughs> if, you, if you consider the beginning of the season and, and last season, like, it's unbelievable. Uh, but they're actually playing well. Yeah, Romeo Cuaro is the 13th ranked D-end right now in the NFL for PFF, I believe. Like, he's he's playing really good football. I'm, I mean, if he can keep it up. And now he's without flowers, he might get double teamed a little bit too. Yeah, and his his brother might be good, you know, when he comes in. So hopefully, yeah. yeah. Well, one when we do do our breakdown of Quinn, I think one thing to talk about is why he never got the pass rush right. I mean, maybe it's starting to get together now, but he never went for yeah. a big guy, you know, in the I, pass rush. Never did. I think Hawkinson and Akuda are both the are both points when he had opportunities to potentially address that, and instead went for uh, like players that weren't in a essential foundational players. Uh, I mean, you're telling me there wasn't a D lineman or linebacker that we could have added during those times when we know there were. I mean, that, that's a rhetorical I don't think question. The, but well, in the previous draft, probably more than this one, I think we could have had Devin Bush. Oh. But uh, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, yeah. or added Derek Brown this year, or whatever. But like, my point is, he didn't finish building the foundation of this team, which is the O line and the 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 front seven of the defense, and then he went for a, a a tight end we we are just now starting to use i guess because we're like forcing the issue there but like i, I think if he would have done that we could have maybe been looking at a different build to this team with a, a more fearsome pass rush yeah um it'll it'll be interesting to see what they can do because uh, trey flowers is also a guy that's almost out there every snap uh yeah, yeah. especially yeah. in Crosby. Solid player. It's gonna. It's definitely gonna hurt. Yeah, for sure. Um, let, hey, let's Rundog, talk about. What, yeah. Oh, one more. I just want to say when he mentioned Okuda, um, I don't know what his rating was this game, but one thing I'll say about Okuda, that dude can tackle, man, and yeah, he makes yeah, yeah. Plays, When he comes behind the line and like sweeps around and tackles the running back, it's like oh, that's exciting. Absolutely, <laughs> that was a big fourth down stop my, he had. I agree. My yeah. criticism so of the Okuda pick is not. Akuda himself it's the positional value that's all yeah I get that. I, I'm I get liking that. I'm liking Akuda a lot and actually no well, now that you bring it up it was his best rated game he allowed like oh, yeah. two passes for yeah. 26 yards and was he's the number five overall cornerback in the run game so no I'm loving what I'm seeing out of him and as he continues to develop so definitely not hating on him just the positional value of the pick that's all so Akuda keep it up baby well, uh, yeah, and yeah, Ak Akuda continues to improve each game, which is great to see out uh, of the rookie cornerback. 
Um, let's see. Let's talk about someone that uh, took a humongous step oh, back in this season. I know and, who you're gonna say, and that's your uh, your MVP <laughs> pick for the year. Uh, Tracy. Dogs. Tracy Walker in this game was targeted yeah. seven times. He gave up seven catches for 104 yards. He looked abysmal, and all three touchdowns. Yeah, he three looked touchdowns lost out over there. Him. Yep, three touchdowns. He He's like one of the like eight. I think 79th ranked safety in pass defense. Like, yeah. I don't know what's happened to him this year. He is struggling. Where's Will Harris? Yeah, why didn't the coaches put Will Harrison? I don't get that. Why, he got no, two right. <laughs> maybe they're on to something. Or maybe they just, they... Yeah, I don't know, man. He just he has been struggling, so Yeah, it Coleman didn't me... look good either, man. No, yeah. he looked no, terrible. No. Big Z had a good point. Is this like a, a training staff issue? Because Trufant comes back his first week back off IR and looks terrible. And then yeah. Coleman comes back his first week off IR and looks terrible. I mean, like, is that like they a, both might have been rushed? Is that a coaching honestly. training staff, right? Like, yeah. especially was rushed back. Maybe we should have just kept Daryl Roberts out there and let him do. You know, yeah. he wasn't doing terrible. He wasn't doing great either. But I mean, I don't know if yeah. he was better or worse. But Coleman did. I think certainly was, was, was a bad pickup for us. Actually, I mean, I talked to some Philly guy who said, "Yeah, he's not that good, and he gets hurt all the time." And well, I think that's pretty much what we've seen from him. So, I don't know. You know, him getting hurt might be a blessing in disguise because now we're getting to see Okuda really develop rapidly. I mean, if he was that's sitting true. on the bench all this time, maybe we don't get to see him turn into, you know, he has a chance to really develop fast. So, I don't know. Good point. Good point. Yeah. I I don't know what the Lions can uh, do to fix their – I mean, the, the – Titans or sorry, the Colts have really good tight ends, and that's where Tracy Walker was really exposed in this game. Oli Cox, Trey Burton, yeah. Jack Doyle, uh, they they all just lit him up, especially, and then the running back and Hines too. Uh, th- those yeah, are all guys I, Tracy Walker should be able to cover. Right, yeah. you can't get burned just, by a running back down the sideline, especially when the running backs lined up outside right. <laughs> of the numbers. That that is a scenario that just can happen. That's happened twice this year. Aaron Jones and now Naheem Hines. Yeah, that's not good. It seems like they might uh, lean on Curse a little bit more for the tight, as far as tight ends are concerned. He, I, yeah, I, Curse I is know. our second best rated player. Danny Shelton yeah, actually he, our best. He, he matches up game. physically well, Curse, with the tight ends with his six yeah. four. And Shelton had the big error that really cost us. Was it an error uh, though? Was it an error? Yeah, it was. It I, was. Yeah. I mean, what I know the tech? call was weird, but they. They could have called it just on the initial hit, yeah. and they didn't. I was like, okay, they didn't call it awesome. That was what they called it but, on, was the hit. No, 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 no. no I know. I'm saying well, the flag didn't come out right away. But he made a great yeah. play. He should have just pulled off. You know, he didn't have that to was leave. Wow. That, that was so unbelievably ticky-tack. Yeah. I disagree. You watch the NFL crap. this year? That's how they call it all the time. Yeah, it's I hate so to say it, but they've been calling that all year. Like, players should know at this point. We can talk about it all day. There's no consistency. I it, think there's the some consistency. I think there's pretty consistency it's on that. It's terrible, ref, but it, I mean, they're calling it all the time yeah. now. Yeah. But know. the ref didn't even know. He threw it like 30 seconds after it happened. I, I'm sorry. That just is stupid. If the ref doesn't know if 30 seconds after a play is over, he should that flag shouldn't come out of his damn pocket. I thought he like said something to the ref after, because like, it happened like a minute after the play happened. That's what I thought. It was really I thought yeah, it had to bizarre. do with the scuffle. Like he had done something like unsportsmanlike after the like the play, but... I, I'm sorry. Those heat of the moment, like tackle plays, uh, especially well, with the bullshit rules of the NFL, I can't hold that too hard against him. I it mean, sucks, see, you but... thought that was a bad call, but I mean, Connor, you you saw that, didn't you? Think when he was when he didn't 
pull off initially. Yeah. Then we laid down that they were going to call it. I thought it, they were going to call it. And I was kind of surprised. We could debate all day. I was surprised there wasn't yeah, we a could play. say all yeah. day that it shouldn't be a penalty. But the fact of the matter is we all knew it was going to be one. Whether they threw it 30 seconds know. later or not, I didn't call. think I didn't think there I didn't think it looked like one until he threw it. I was like, "What I, the I hell is going on here?" It looked like the ref didn't think so until a minute later. But also, but he still I mean, threw it. My coach, what the hell is that all about? Like my coach in high school or college, I mean, uh, his thing was, you know, the pl- the plays in between the whistles when your 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 aggression and violence is happening are forgivable i i was really pissed at him because i thought it had to do with that scuffle and he did something really stupid but sometimes like when you're just in the heat of the moment and bullets are flying and all that shit's going down you it's you just are out of control a little bit and i think this is one where i can not hold it hanging on him too much i also just want to add to this point uh on just the the whole cbs broadcast for this game was awful from replays oh, yeah. to breaking down the game, I, I forgot who the announcers were in this one, but it James was Lawson the worst and, I've uh, ever seen watching and, uh, an NFL game. Who's in a the while. other guy? I can't remember. It was bad. But there was like re- I wanted to see replays on penalties. They didn't do it either. I, I it's like the, they were like completely lost and watching watching this game to a degree. Yeah. Um, and some of the Stafford throws were like the, the camera's like zooming really fast. I couldn't even see what was going on. It was just a terrible broadcast. Yeah, to see the one one completion. I forgot it. I think it was to Marvin Jones. The, he caught the ball, but the camera kept panning to the end zone. Like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. back up. They, he caught it back like 20 yards behind. Was, okay. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, the crowd was very distracting in this game. You know, the camera. Uh, yeah, all 500 of them. Yeah. All 500. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. And that was something else I wanted camera. to bring up. Did you guys see um, both Philip Rivers, uh, Kelly Stafford came out and said it too. Yeah. Like, Kelly, Kelly Stafford is comparing like the atmosphere in Atlanta, who also, they had like, what two thousand fans in there? Almost nobody. Um, apparently, the atmosphere in there is just like completely quiet, completely dead. Why? Why are the Lions not doing more to at least pump up like energy into the building, like even just through noise? I. It's just very bizarre how they're handling it. Uh, that that just seems like what's the point of playing a home game if you're not going to put like I don't know any sort of environment to make it feel like a a home game? That's in some aspect. affecting them clearly because they've been losing so many home games. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, the Lions have the longest home losing streak right now in the NFL. Were we games. at their last home winner against? Was that the Chargers game? Was that the last home winner? I don't. Know. No, is that I the game where so. we're at? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Was that Which the last one? The pick. I think that was it. Actually, it might have been at this Jesus point. Jesus Christ, that can't be. If that's the case, <laughs> even whatever, it's not the case. Seven in a row is unacceptable. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Boy. And uh, Tavai in this game as well graded out really, really poorly. Is he looks just, slow out there. Yeah, he looks sluggish. Kind of like Adrian Peterson, but on defense. Jeez. I mean, yeah. like last year he looked way – I thought he looked way more promising last year, but this year he just looks like ineffectual out there. His pass rushes are worthless. I think there's something systematic going on, though, because these guys are out there like thinking too much or something. They're not flying and reacting. They're, they're just – they're thinking too much, and they're – and it's slowing them down. I, so I, that's where I'm thinking. It's something coaching-wise, systematic, whether, whatever they're doing. And I can't pinpoint it. I don't know exactly what it I'm is. I'm with but. you, UJ. I'm inclined to think a, a, a new perspective on this roster might yield better results. I think there is enough talent on this roster that we should be a better team than we are right now. I mean, there's definitely deficiencies, but I still think better scheming, better play calling, would maybe better coaching at practice, I don't know, would make – 
would yield different results, better results. Yeah. But Vitae, that guy is slow, man. I would rather have like drafted <laughs> a guy like Patrick Queen or something, somebody who could whip around the field. You but... mean Tavai? <laughs> I mean Tavai, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. We should put Vitae on Sorry. defense. I yeah, love he's it. probably faster than uh... – <laughs> But Tavai looked better his rookie year. He looked faster his rookie he year. He did. He I... everything better. That's what I think. I think they're thinking too much. They're, they're like, oh, what coach, somebody do I have to, I have to do this? They're not just reacting and playing like – that they actually should be players at their best. Don't aren't even thinking. They're just playing like fast, and these guys are not doing that. They're just so I, I'm thinking they're something in their minds are they're they're slowing down. And yeah, I don't know. You might be right. I mean, well, it'll be interesting to see how if it's a, like a one off thing, you know, because because I thought I the last so. couple weeks the linebackers were playing together as a unit. Yes. They're playing better, but this last week they were playing kind of tough at first. But then they when things went against them, they kind of it seemed like getting their heads and they just gave up or I don't know if they gave up, but it just didn't seem the same. It could have been the 22 minutes of possession by the Colts. Yeah. Their offense kept giving the ball back after like five seconds. I mean, that's, uh, I agree. They definitely slackened off after a minute, like, but the run, they look stout early on, but, uh, yeah, I don't know what it is. Yeah, the Colts had the ball for 37 minutes and 46 seconds compared to us for 22 minutes Jeez. and 14 seconds. Yeah, <laughs> but we're we're lacking the defensive playmakers, like big the strip oh, yeah. sacks and the picks and stuff. You know, it's, mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know what's going on there. You know, but to be fair with the defense, though, they gave our offense chances. They they got some three and outs. They got some stops. You know, but if our offense was doing anything significant, uh, it would have been a much different game. The offense just wasn't doing yeah. anything. There, there was so, one thing know. on defense that really bugged me, and that's all these crossing routes that were, like, basically free catches for, like, 10 to 15 yards. And, like, if you noticed on several plays during that game, from the line of scrimmage, 10 yards downfield, if you were looking from the sideline across the field, no Lions player in that entire, like, part of the field from 10 yards from the line of scrimmage and yet there were receivers and targets for the offense of the Colts in those parts of the field. It's like, that's scheme. That's got to be scheme, right? Like, just leaving that part of the field wide open. Like, not a linebacker or anything there. Like, I, I just don't understand that. Yeah. He yeah. killed us. And just to correct uh, your the record, the last Lions home game victory was not the Chargers. Mm. It was the Giants, a 31-26 oh. win. Yeah. That was the one game last season when we actually blitzed oh. and and Trey Flowers had like two sacks and Kennard returned a touchdown uh in that one. We were actually aggressive and got results. Are you so saying was... having a pass rush is a good thing? I might just be what saying a novel that. Concept, concept, Connor. That's not adding up. Uh. That's not adding up. <laughs> <laughs> um do we do we think Gerard Davis can get traded? He only played 14 snaps in this game. I could see him going to like the Steelers or something like that. Maybe. I know we've mentioned it before on here. I wonder he definitely. If, I would just say watch out for it on Tuesday. Yeah. Not sure what kind of I, value we. Yeah, uh, I wonder if with this injury with Flowers, if they try to use him in different ways to like keep the defense crazier. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They've been playing Shelton on the on the end a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on early downs especially to contain the run. You're not getting and much. It, room. It, it, it's been working. It, it, it then it kind of the the actually the lines were pretty good against the run until like the late in this game here when the game was a little out of hand. Yeah, they were just worn yeah. down by constantly being on the field. 
They've actually we have trading Jared Davis and we don't make the playoffs. That's pretty damning on Quinn and Patricia. I'm sorry. Yeah, True. it is. Using such an asset like that and then just wasting him. Especially when we could have TJ no. Watt. That's for you. Yeah. Yeah. Stop Rude. that. Please. Don't <laughs> remind me of that one. But maybe they should, Jared Davis should have his hand in the dirt playing defensive end, you know, like like uh, Flowers. I'd try it. I mean, why not? Couldn't hurt I mean, at I don't this know. point. He's so, he's so mm. fast and athletic. Maybe he could wreak some havoc on that end, you know. I don't know. Just give him a shot. I would like to see him off the edge because they have been rushing him more, but mostly inside. I want like his speed. I feel like would be more effective from an edge type thing where he could just torch around the guys. But why can't he torch around left tackles in this league? He's so That's, quick. I'm just saying. I that, mean, he might be able to. I'm saying off the edge instead of up the middle where they've mostly used him. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm like saying. Like if Trey Flowers is down that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. You got to try something. These guys, they seem. You know, I, I'm. I'm upset with Patricia and, all, and I was one of his biggest fans for the longest time. And I, I'm losing that completely because yeah. uh, I just don't think he's adapting. I don't think no. he's, uh, he, he, he's not, uh, he's not changing with what he sees on the field. And I, and I think it rubs off on his other coaches too, which really pisses me yeah. off. Like Bevel last year was a, was, uh, was awesome. I thought now this year Bevel's like, He's been lionized, as they say. You know, it seems like. <laughs> Don't you know, say let's, that let's word just here. Up the middle. Let's just run up the middle every first this down. This is and, drinking the blue hey, Kool-Aid, you know, it It's okay. It's no okay. All right. <laughs> and, and like Rod Dog said, this is drinking the blue Kool-Aid. We drink the blue Kool-Aid here. So yeah. let me go over to standings really quick. I know, I know. So the Green Bay Packers, they lose to the Vikings. They go to 5-2. and two. This is a golden opportunity Lions to get right in the thick uh, of the division race uh, winning this game. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but the Bears... Lose their second in a row. They're five and three now. They still can't score to save their life. The Lions move to three and four, and the Vikings moved up to two and five. Uh, and then actually in the playoff race, the Lions are tenth right now, so they're only three spots out of that seventh place to make the playoffs. They're a game and a half behind the Rams, who are five and three. The Bears are tied also at five and three, and the San Francisco 49ers, who just lost their starting quarterback and. Um, most highest paid tight end in the NFL uh, are right at, at the Lions. So the Lions absolutely can make a run here to the playoffs. There's no doubt about it. They are very, especially yes. with that seventh spot. And actually, there was a report by Chris Bordenson today. Um, I just sent to you guys right before we started recording this that the NFL, if there's more, because bye weeks are starting to go away here. <laughs> And there was Marlon Humphrey got COVID today. A Packers player tested. There's like four or five different teams with players testing positive. And then there was the Trent Brown thing that just happened where um, they like tried injecting him with some fluid and there was like some air in the injection oh, and it Jesus. got into his bloodstream and he had to go to the hospital. It was a very... What? There, that, that can kill somebody. Holy I know, yeah. yeah. So that was a very bizarre situation. But anyways, <laughs> with all this stuff wow. going on, so I'm just going to read, NFL Competition Committee expects to present a resolution to owners based on a contingency of having a 16-team playoff season, eight in each conference if games are lost due to the pandemic, um, especially as bye weeks disappear. So... Uh, get into that eighth spot is what I'm saying. For the Lions. That, that you might never just know. save Patricia because <laughs> the mandate was to make the playoffs, so it couldn't be an easier year to make the playoffs. <laughs> if they make the playoffs like we don't that, have the though, toughest I, schedule. I don't think that. <laughs> I, I, honestly, at this point, it's just do like hockey. Just everyone's in the playoffs, yeah. and then just yeah. have a tournament. I was like the Hawks; they had no business <laughs> being in the playoffs, but somehow they snuck in. I know they I know, right? <laughs> 
Um, yeah. But uh, the point of going over these standings and that is just to say the season's not over yet. Don't write them off. I know a lot of – I ran into some Lions fans of some random places, and they're like – they just seem defeated. I, then I tell them about our podcast, and we, we drink the blue Kool-Aid, and that's what we're doing right here. <laughs> it is frustrating. So we're, we're venting a little here, but we, we still are very positive about our team. We love our team. Oh, yeah. I mean, but, you know, I, it's because we so love our team so that we're so frustrated. And the good news for the Lions this upcoming week is that they're on the road where they're 3-1 and one this year. Yeah. Great. Yeah. We might have to hear that stupid ass horn in Minnesota, but uh, we'll get over we'll get to hey, that hey. later this week. I just want to say Hey, there's no fans anyway. So uh why don't we just tell all the teams that are coming to our places, we'll just play them at their place. <laughs> yeah, right. We'll just play away all our games. Yeah. And then we'll probably do a lot better. Yeah. I just want to say there one you. last thing <laughs> about this game. What was so disappointing is that we beat two bad teams. And then finally, like, we place a halfway decent, different, halfway decent team, and it we collapsed internally. So, I mean, Patricia's got to turn this around, and he's, I think he's going to get a little more chance. Here. I do want to say again, the Lions were down twenty fourteen with the ball in the Indianapolis twenty five yard line, and yeah, then fumbled and all went downhill. They were that close to either taking a lead or getting within three points yeah. heading into the fourth quarter, and it all turned because of that one play. Ugh. Um, but I mean, it did happen. So <laughs> I'm just saying this, it, it could have gone either. The game was close until that point. You're right. And You're that was right. after the, same the Lions played true. terrible and they were still in the game. Uh, yes. So yes. that, that's a positive, maybe. Positive. <laughs> you got to love the moral positive. victories. You got to love the moral it victories. My buddy's a Vikings fan. Uh, he was counting the moral victories this year for the first time in a while. Hold on. I told my... the Lions lead the league in moral victories since 2000. Uh, <laughs> and every year. Well, let me do another take here. Of time. You know what? That's <laughs> an awesome point, Big Z. I'm feeling way better about the rest of this season. Let's go. <laughs> All right, and then uh, it was a loss to an AFC opponent, which is good because when it comes to tiebreakers, the wins and losses against NFC are more important than the AFC. So if they were going to lose at least to an AFC <laughs> team, yeah, wow, just as Patricia drew the bright spot. <laughs> <laughs> I love the bright spots. I do owe our entry lines then guest uh Colton uh a six pack though. So that's the bad uh, part. That's the worst part. Man, man, man. <laughs> um all right, gentlemen. I think that's going to wrap up this uh review, uh critique, whatever you call it, of the week eight <laughs> of the uh season. So Lions halfway through the NFL season, three and four. Um, they'll be traveling on their own to Minnesota, and we'll preview that game later this week. I think we'll have someone entering <laughs> Lions Den as well, so get ready for that. Um, please follow us on Instagram at Drinking Blue Kool Aid, Twitter at Drinking Lions. Please leave a review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. And remember, if you're voting for your favorite podcast this Tuesday, vote for Drinking the Blue Kool Aid. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> But thank you, everybody, for listening. And last but not least, as always, go, 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 go,
down the field and gain a lion's victory.